Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, folks, stay with us. Lots to get to today on The Organic Gardeners. Jessica Walliser is off today enjoying a little vacay with the family. Meantime, we want you to call in and talk to Doug Oster. Light up these phone lines. Lots to get to. Cooler temperatures are making you eager to get out of the garden and kick up the dirt a little bit. So call us at 866-391-1020. Dollar Bank Instant Access, kdkradio.com. And the 10th caller at 412-922-1020 wins a $25 gift certificate from Sorgles. Coming up, Matt Frome will be here talking trees, Davy trees. But right now, Doug begins by telling everyone, have you ever thought about going to Italy? But not just Italy as far as the trip but with the man behind the trip who would love to kind of show you everything, including the Vatican Gardens, Mr. Doug Oster. Good morning. Good morning. I'm Doug Oster from Everybody Gardens and the Tribune Review. And that's right. I uh, just got back from Ireland a couple of weeks ago and already planning my next trip to Italy, which is going to be in April. Italy is the greatest place in the world, <laughs> the best food you'll ever have. Uh, I'm taking people there, as I said, in the end of April, and we're starting in Rome. We'll spend a few days in Rome, and then we're going to head down to the Amalfi Coast. We'll see some great gardens, but this is also, you know, just seeing the sights of Italy. If you've never been, uh, it's an easy way to travel. We get a guide that picks us up at the airport and then drops us off when we leave and is with us the whole way. We're seeing Rome, of course, the Colosseum, all the sites of, of Rome, the Vatican Gardens, which uh, can, uh, can be hard to get into, Sorrento, Capri, Pompeii, Naples, and much, much more. Uh, it's it's April, you know. We got a long way until that happens, but you get a big discount if you go early. And I do have people that have already started booking for it. You know, people that have traveled with me before. It's a lot of fun. That's what we want to do. If you want to find out more information, just go to Facebook. You know, I've got a, a whole listing there explaining the detailed agenda of what we're going to do when we see there. Or give me a call. It's four one two nine six five. 3278. That's 412-965-3278. And as Rob said, oh man, this weather is awesome for gardening and it's all about deals. You know how they always tease me about being the cheapest gardener in the world and I am. And boy, I tell you what, I swooped into Han Nursery and they've got a little area in the back there where things need some TLC. I got a beautiful Kusa dogwood for 15 bucks. I got a fig tree for 10 that it looked like it wasn't leafing out, and then I saw that it was leafing out. Um, you know, annuals are on sale. Vegetables are on sale. There's still plenty of time to plant. You know, even if you never got a garden in, you're thinking like, oh, it's July. What am I going to do? You could go into that nursery, any nursery, and look for de- deals. What I'm doing is I'll find these already pre-made mixed containers, you know, with a bunch of different things in there, and I'll just put those into hanging baskets. I still have uh, places for hanging baskets. I've got... Holes in the garden where perennials have, have stopped blooming or where I've got containers that need a little help. And, I, again, I'll just go in there and, and check out some cool stuff. One thing I did find there, uh, they had variegated ivy. And it was originally like 20 bucks, And it's a little mini flat, probably 10 plants in there. And I'm using those as spillers uh, on the edge of containers. And they will become a perennial. I'm trying to add more and more 
perennials to the my containers so I don't have to keep buying the annuals. You know, I buy a big annual usually for the the thriller in the middle and then something for the, the filler and then this ivy works great uh, as a spiller. So a lot of fun to be in the garden this time of the year, although I do have a rabbit in there. I, I chased him out. He took uh, actually ate my dandelion greens. We were saying last week that he took the beets but wouldn't touch the dandelion greens. And so every morning I started looking at my dandelion greens and seeing, oh. And so I actually saw the rabbit in there. So I'm spraying with hot pepper wax until I can catch him and move him to another spot. All right, where would you like to go? Fertilizing, planting, deadheading, weeding, enjoying, just sitting back and saying, look what I've done, or even those poor folks who had their obviously more important houses damaged, but their gardens have been damaged because of the heavy rain. Yeah, well, we need to talk about flooding. If your vegetable garden was underwater during uh, the recent rains, you have to really be careful. Any Anything that touched that water, you know, if it's greens, it, it has to be removed. You You can't. You can't use anything, you know, if a, if a tomato had that water on it, you can't eat that. Uh, and, mm. yeah, it, it's something that we have to watch for. I had some friends from Millvale send me uh, a message saying, hey, what do we do? And I said, you have to you have to err on the, the side of caution uh, because what's in that water uh, can make you really sick or, or even worse. And so you might be replanting, you know, and if you are replanting, there's time there's time to do it. You know, you don't have to worry about the soil. You have to worry about anything that touched the actual plants. And so just be very careful out there. And um, as I said, there is so much to do. And and the, the plants are there and they're on sale. And go to your local nursery to get them. That's the place to go because the plants have been taken care of uh, I, I think I'm, I have more fun getting the deal than even doing the planting. And I'll be there today. I love being in the garden when the weather is like this. And the other thing Rob mentioned was just sitting and enjoying the garden. You know, we're always running around and planting this and planting that and chasing rabbits and uh, lamenting what isn't doing good, but there's so much that is doing good. This All this rain has, has made for a lush garden. So sit down. And enjoy it. Watch the bats fly around catch, catching mosquitoes. Watch the birds. Watch the butterflies. And just uh, enjoy time in the garden. All right, just a preview coming up with a Matt Frome as far as Davy Trees, Talking Trees. What are you going to be interested to talk to him about today as we are About planting trees in this weird part of the season. You know, we're usually planting spring. We're usually planting fall. But what do you do when you get a, 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 a Coosa dogwood? I'm going to put in this woodland garden I'm building for 15 bucks. But how do you how do you make it survive when you're planting in July, which is not the optimum time to plant. So we'll talk a lot about that. We'll talk about um, problems that we're seeing uh, out, out there for trees and what to do about it. All right, Matt Frome coming up, Davy Trees, Talking Trees in just a little bit, but we're talking everything that's organic gardening. And gardening, of course, is what he does best, Trib Review and Review, TribLive.com, and, of course, EverybodyGardens.com. He's Doug Oster, Jessica Walliser, enjoying some vacation with her family today. Meantime, if you have anything on your mind in the way of gardening you want to talk to Doug about, please give us a call, 866-391-1020. Total Bank Instant Access, KDKRadio.com, or you can text us on the right automotive line, the best deal in town. Now, Doug is going to be traveling to Butler very soon for a big day and a, well, reason that you should attend. So here he is with the details. Well, actually, before Butler, i got to talk about uh, Thursday. I'm going to be at the Pittsburgh Botanic <laughs> Garden, and I'm going to be doing my uh, quarterly uh, botany walk uh, with the executive director, Keith Kaiser. We have a lot of fun doing that. 
Check out the information at the Pittsburgh Botanic Garden website. Uh, that's just Botanic. Oh, what is it? <laughs> I'm waiting for it to come up here. Just search Pittsburgh Botanic Garden. Come with me on Thursday, Thursday morning around 1030. Then we're going to have a good lunch. It's like, I don't know, 30 bucks. It's fun. You eat at everything that you do. I mean, you're always. <laughs> I, try always to, yeah. I try to make sure we eat. But we eat Did eat. you mention Butler or did I miss it? Uh, I'll talk about Butler next week because I'm not in Butler until the 22nd, so okay. I don't want to confuse people. But I, I, on the 22nd, I'll be at Osterling's uh, in Butler from 11 to 2 p.m., so that's going to be a lot of fun, too. I do that every year. Traveling Roadshow with Doug Oster. Let's say hi now to uh, Fulton in the North Hills. You're on KDK Radio. How are you? Hey, good, good. Uh, Doug, I'd like to talk to you. Um, uh, I have I had two um, rows path uh you might know uh Clark. yeah i remember i know fulton and i know your place so what's going on with those roses uh rose rosette disease oh seriously it, it dec- yeah decimated about two-thirds of uh, oh, the path there and, gosh. Uh, and that was so I, so beautiful uh and uh i'm anxious to put them back in any pointers on or uh on precautions as far as the soil or to make sure that it doesn't reoccur Oh man, you sure you want to stick with roses? Yeah, I've looked at other things. Nothing is as beautiful as those. I can't begin to imagine. Well, that's going to be tough because first we're going to make sure that those other roses survive and don't have the disease. Uh, yeah. And if you've had the disease once, uh, there's a good chance you're going to get it again. I would hate to see you put in uh, yeah a whole lineup of roses and then lose them again to. To rose rosette disease, uh, you know. Anything, is there any treatment for it? Not really, not no. really, not not that I know of. Anyway, uh, I would I'd seriously consider at least waiting. Uh, yeah, you know, because I I, I first I want to see if those uh, if those roses that you have there survive. That's yeah. that's the first yeah. thing to see because if you know. They might be yeah. in, they might be infected. Uh, yeah. And did you take yeah. out the uh, did you take out the the roses that were? Yeah. Yeah. yeah they've got they've, they've yeah. got to go. Two thirds of them. Yeah, on both sides. You so. know, if, for me, I I would not want to put roses back in there to tell you the truth. At least not for a couple years. Okay. Okay. That's I wish I had right. better. I wish I had better news for you. Good and bad of growing roses. Obviously, they're beautiful. They're beautiful. They smell great. Um, you yeah, know, they're not long. that hard to take care of. But when they get a disease like this, this disease is is fatal. And once you have it, uh, you know, there's a good chance you're 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 going to have it. it it's here's you know. what frustrates me about what you do, and I I have admiration for people who love to garden. I do. But it's the shelf life of some of this stuff. It's it you put so much, and it's like here and gone. I mean, I guess that's just the uh, nature you know, it's of the one base. of the challenges. It's one of the challenges, uh, you know, roses for the most part, they're, they're tough as nails. You know, you give them fertilizer, you give them full sun, you take care of a few fungal issues and they'll go for years on end. But then something comes up like this, rose rosette disease that, you know, when it infects one plant, it just start. they had this beautiful kind of curved walk with, with these, you know, roses that are supposed to be tough as nails. Uh, a variety of landscape rows, and again, you know, sometimes these things happen. That's why I, I, that's why I'm recommending they wait and see what happens to these other roses. 
if those other roses survive, then we can think about, you know, putting some more roses in. But, you know, what's the point of putting in, you know, 20 more roses if, if the disease is still around? All right, so how has it been disease-wise because of the weather, the heat? Lots of fungal issues. You know, uh, we're already starting to see on tomatoes, we're starting to see uh, early blight, septoria, leaf spot. You know, if you've got that problem with tomatoes, if you've got the bottom leaves starting to turn yellow with brown spots on it, remove that infected foliage, treat with an organic fungicide like Serenade. Uh, This weather is definitely going to help, you know, uh, but all that rain and uh, that, that real humid hot weather we had going through there that was uh that was tough uh and anything that that is prone to fungal diseases whether it's flocks or um your zucchinis uh lilacs you know keep your eyes out for it keep your eyes out for powdery mildew keep your eyes out for uh black spot on roses you know these th- these are things that are all preventable with a good organic fungicide and you know good cultural practices uh, just you know when you are spending time out in your garden Take a close look at those plants. See what they're doing. I had some questions yesterday um, where Rose was Rose was completely defoliated, and the question was what What's going on here? You know, the the time to to look at what's going on there is when the bottom leaves are starting to be defoliated, not when the whole tr- thing is gone. You know, so you want to get to all this stuff early uh, if there is a problem. All right, let's go to uh, Joyce in Ross Township. Hey, Joyce. Good morning. You're on KDK Radio with Doug Oster. Good morning. Um, Doug, I have a um, balloon plant. I think that's what they're called. Mm-hmm. Um, with white flowers. It did great for many, many years. Grew nicely last year and this year. Like last year, it got, the leaves got all lacy, and um, then the flowers just didn't develop right. Yeah, so we need to see what's, what's after it. You know, uh, it, it's probably just a small, um, a, a little, little green worm after it. And mm. get in there close. Whatever that lacy is, go one step above that where the, or below it, wherever the plant, wherever the bug is moving, from the bottom to the top usually, and take a look at that. And if you find some little green worms or some kind of little itty-bitty caterpillar, that's a chewing insect. And how we deal with any chewing insect uh, is using an organic control called Captain Jack's Dead Bug Brew. It's from Bonide. It's easy to find. You can find it at hardware stores. You can find it at any of our local nurseries. Um, You know, that's the place to go. They're going to have Captain Jack's. uh, Captain Jack's. Dead Bug Brew. Dead Bug Brew. Uh, Great name. Okay, and where did you say to look for the... Uh, um Below or above the? Uh, usually right above the next set of leaves that are look pretty good. That's when the okay. bug. That, that's what the bug's going to be working on, and that's probably what the problem is. And once you get control of that, whatever that is that doing the chewing, now your plant will have the energy to bloom. Uh, I would stop the infestation with the Captain Jacks and probably give that plant a little bit of uh, liquid organic fertilizer, like something like Grow from Espoma, or if you wanted to, you could do a granular thing from Espoma, like a flower tone or something like that, and give okay. it a little boost. And once you stop the bug damage, you should be good to go. Yeah, because the, the plant grows very nicely in the mm-hmm. beginning, and it's, it's you know, at least a foot tall because it's an older plant. But, yeah, um, when, whenever we see an infestation with that, just as long as you're getting it to it soon, okay, stop those bugs from eating and then give the plant a little fertilizer and let it do its thing. Okay, thank you. Thank you. We're talking to Matt Fromm from Davy Tree, and we've got him on the hot seat. I've got a lot to talk to you about, Matt. First off is uh, I got a couple trees 
Like I said, on sale, I got a nice Coosa dogwood, 15 bucks. Now, usually they tell us, oh, plant in the spring, plant in the fall, but this baby's got to be planted now. Any concerns about planting a Coosa dogwood this time of the year? Yeah, well, there's there's always concerns planting a tree in the middle of the summer, but it's totally doable if you can keep up with the maintenance and the watering. So I want to put it in a woodland garden. You know, I want to put it in kind of uh, part shade, part sun. And I have decent woodland soil there, so I'm certainly not going to do anything with the soil. I'm going to dig my hole twice as big as the, and I mean, it's a big root ball. So I'm. you tell me this is the right way to do it. About twice as big, uh, make sure I don't put it too deep. Anything else that you can recommend when I when I put that in the ground? Yeah, well, putting it too deep is is important. You want to make sure that the root collar or where you know where the trunk changes into roots that that is right at the soil level. You don't want to bury that. Um, you know, you picked out a good site for Coosa dogwood because they do like filtered light and a little bit of shade and some good woodland soil. So that's always important. You know, when you're thinking about planting a tree any time of the year, is making sure you pick the right location for it. Well, that fig's gonna have to go out in the sun though. Absolutely. So uh, my plan there is to put it in the vegetable garden, and I know that one's going to need water, water, water. I will, I'm will. i not going to plant that until uh, the weather is the way I want it to be. And, I mean, it's going to be this in the next couple of weeks or something, but if I can get a couple shady days, gray days, gray rainy days, you know, that's when it's going in to get it established. And, again, my plan for that one's going to be water, water, water if I don't get rain. Yeah, absolutely. You want to make sure you give it at least an inch of water when you when you do water it. And, you know, just it's thoroughly and deeply water the tree. It's kind of hard to measure one inch, but um, you just want to make sure that you deeply water the tree as, as uh, frequently as possible. And and don't just count on the rain because a lot of people will plant trees and, and say, well, it rained, so it should be fine. Usually a, a new tree is going to need a lot more water than just the typical rain that we get. And as long as I follow your instructions, you'll guarantee I'll get figs year after year, right? Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, taking a look at what you're seeing out there, uh, okay. let's talk about if we see a tree that's got uh, yellow or browning leaves. That's that's calls and questions we're getting what what are you thinking when you see that this time of the year? Yellow and browning leaves is, is most likely going to be water stress, especially with some of the really hot temperatures that we recently had. Um, you know, there are some other uh, diseases and things out there that you might you might see that would cause that, like bacterial leaf scorch and things. But usually, those diseases are also you know prevalent when there is things like water stress involved as well. Yeah, tell me a little bit about with all the rain we had. What does that mean for a tree guy? Well, uh, for us, uh, it's meant a lot of storm calls. Uh, the water has, um, you know, a lot of trees have uprooted. Um, you know, when you have heavy heavy winds and really wet soils, uh, it's sort of a perfect perfect storm, if you will, for trees to get, you know, fall over and get, be damaged. Bad year for Japanese beetles, right? Uh, we've been seeing a lot of them, yeah. Uh, they're a lot more prevalent this year than they have been in years past. Not really sure why that is. Usually it's, it's something to do with... Uh, you know, growing degree days and temperature and, um, but yeah, we've seen a lot of Japanese beetle this year. You know, out in the garden, I'm handpicking, but you can't handpick off a 40 foot tall tree. Right. Right. Uh, so what kind of, what can people do? Is it, a, you know, is a Japanese beetle a big concern for a giant tree? Not really. Okay. Not really. They're, they're not, they're not going to do enough damage, uh, to, you know, to really harm the tree for the long term. So it's just sort of a temporary thing. So we've talked about blue spruce 
periodically through the season here. Sure. And needle cast has become a big problem. Needle cast is probably the most common thing that we see on blue spruces. Um, they're highly susceptible to it. Um, what does it look like? Needle cast, well, the, it gets the name from the fact that the, the tree actually casts needles or it drops its needles. Um, before the needles start falling off of the tree, usually they have like a little bit of a purplish color. Uh, if you look really closely with a hand lens or something, you may be able to see uh, the black fruiting structures of the fungus on the needles. Um, but uh, typically, typically homeowners don't notice it until needles start falling off of the tree. When did you start seeing this disease really pick up again? Uh, my my observation in the field was about you know five years ago or so now, I think it was. We had a couple really harsh winters, uh, which I think predisposed a lot of the trees and, and hurt their natural defense mechanism against this disease because it is a native disease. It's been around. Uh, it's, you know, it's not something that was brought in from some other country or something. So, um, it, that's, that's really when I started seeing it. And every year since then, uh, I've, I see, we get calls all the time for, for blue spruce and being defoliated and, you know, what's wrong with my blue spruce tree. And it's almost always that. And sometimes it's just a tree has reached its. Yeah, it reads, it's, it's top tipped out, topped out. Yeah, I mean, blue spruce uh, here in Western PA—they don't seem to last much longer than thirty to forty years, uh, unless they're planted in a really perfect site with really perfect soil, and and they're and they're really happy. Uh, they usually don't last very long. What can we do if you've got if we have needle cast on a blue spruce? Uh, needle cast. Um, you know, the, the first thing is always to care for the tree. Um, you know, water it. Uh, you can sometimes fertilize the tree, uh, and that will help, uh, you know, improve its natural defenses against the disease. Uh, and then, of course, there's other uh, other treatments as well, uh, fungicides and things like that. Are there trees that are really loving this weather, this wet weather, that are just going nuts? Uh, in my forest, it just seems like uh, it's been an extended really green season you know usually we get to this time of the year things dry out and the forest floor starts to dry up and the trees just kind of like but they're like you know maples in my forest they look pretty happy uh yeah i mean maples like a lot of water um you know the the certainly the rains help that dogwoods Um, you know dogwoods are always prone to uh you know they can't stand drought so the dogwoods in the forest look pretty good yeah, as long as they're as long as they're in some shade, the dogwoods should be should be okay. If you have any open grown dogwoods this time of year when we get ninety degrees, they're gonna yeah. they're gonna start to wilt and yellow and you know, dogwood in general, the the native is better understory tree, right? I mean I see yes. them planted out in full sun and I see like it's like planting a hosta out in full sun. It's just Correct. like ugh, but they're pretty tough. Yeah, I mean even the even the the ornamental varieties that you see, Kusa dogwood, um, you know, that's even better in some filtered light. You can plant them in the in the open sun and they will flower more when they're in the open sun, but they they really do prefer uh some filtered light. I'll tell you how much I know about trees. So I had a Kusa dogwood and I have a Kusa dogwood in this woodland garden and a buck rubbed it and basically put it horizontal. Oh wow. And so I was doing a video on it and I said, Well, you know, and it hadn't bloomed, you know, I'd had it in there three years. 
Doesn't look like this is going to be uh, a good year for it. And I brought it back up to vertical and staked it and everything. That was the only year I got blooms. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it must have been, must have panicked and said, oh, my gosh, I better put some flowers on. Yeah, sometimes that, that, that happens. Stress can uh, stimulate a tree to produce more fruit or more flowers. Uh, do you have one tree that is you think is underused in the uh, landscape that you kind of love, but it just doesn't get planted that much. Is there anything you could think of? Uh, yeah, actually um, one of my, one of my favorite trees is uh, it's, it's, you can get it in single stem variety from a nursery or you can get it in multi-stem, but uh, it's native tree called service berry. Oh, okay. Uh, and I do really like them because they have, they have berries, they have a white flower in the spring. Um, you know, and they're and they're native to PA, so they tolerate a wide range of what we have here in terms of soil. So, what's this, what's the light on the service berry? What where should it be planted? Uh, service berry can should also be planted in some filtered light. They are a very shade tolerant tree. They will tolerate being planted in the open uh, sunlight, but um, they are very shade tolerant. So, if you have a shady spot and you, you're looking for something to plant. Uh, that's a good good choice. That might be good for my woodland garden. Why don't you come over and yeah. put five or ten of them in for All me? All right, we could do that. All right, stick around, Matt. We're gonna if we got any tree questions, we'll 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 be sure to put you on the hot seat again. For more information about Davy Tree or to ask what's going on with your trees, go to www.davy.com slash kdk. And don't forget, you can always call the experts at Davy Tree at eight five five nine eight two tree. That's eight five five nine eight two eight seven three three. Time for Mrs. Know-It-All, the award-winning grower, horticulturalist, and our garden goddess, Denise Schreiber. Denise, we talked about the awards last week, but I just want to say congratulations on uh, your award for your magazine column. Oh, thank you, and the same to you and Jess, even though she's on vacation. Ah, let's forget um, about her, just you and me. Oh, okay, that, that works. <laughs> so, a couple of things I want to talk about. First, the gentleman who has the rose rosette disease. Yeah. You know, the disease is actually spread by areophyid mites, which are microscopic, and so his other roses still may be harboring the mites, and it's possible his neighbors may have the same problem. And I'm so thinking, it, I was thinking that, you know, I, I know the property, there's just a kind of a wild woodlands next to them that's why i'm thinking that those mites might be coming from there too from uh they, they very well could be you know and when you know pollinators you know visit the flowers you know they could hitch a ride on them too so you know it's it, it's a terrible disease i've lost roses to it i mean would every you time i see it near me i'm like oh please don't come to my house would you plant i mean he had this two rows along a curved walkway and i'm saying not to replant or at least wait to see if those other d plants i would wait too yeah okay it, it's too soon i'd wait two three years at least all right and you've got to remove that soil too so oh, you know, so how much of that has to come out i mean do they have to dig down well all the root he has to make sure none of the roots of the rows are left in the ground okay. um from the ones he's removed he has to make sure they're all out in the soil that immediately surrounded the uh, rose. How long has that disease been around? It's been around a long time, but we're seeing it more um, because of the um, wild plants, the mm -hmm. wild roses. Mm -hmm. They're actually a good host for it, and they just spread it. <laughs> and it doesn't seem to really kill them off too much, but it does kill off, you know... Uh, our good roses. Our good favorite roses. So the other thing is, since we've got Davy Tree, 
uh, on here today. Um, let's talk about Cytospora canker, uh, which affects you know the spruces. And one of the ways people don't real people think that evergreens need to look like the little Christmas trees on a train set. You know that there's like a, a long um, trunk, and then you know they're kind of you know trimmed up. That and a lot of people do that with their evergreens, especially spruces. And what you'll see is the lower branches starting to die off. They get in there and cut it, and they'll cut a few others to make it look even when you're actually spreading the disease. Mm. That's good information. Uh, be very careful if you're pruning a, a tree that you're not spreading the disease from one to the other. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.